In today's podcast recording, I want to talk about the quite shocking transformation of Thomas Jefferson in the American imagination. This is a tale of two Jeffersons. Hi, I'm Rick Ryman, host of Audibly Speaking, a show on the stories behind the stories of our time. By sounding out on these stories, we give voice to them and hear them for the first time. From the news of the day to history and literature, from audiobooks to leaders on the stump, we examine the backstories of our time, audibly speaking. Until recently, Jefferson was identified as the patron saint of liberty, a beacon to the rest of the world, a beacon of freedom against tyranny, a man quite properly honored in Greco-Roman marble in the form of the Jefferson Memorial. Thomas Jefferson was celebrated for most of American history as perhaps the Renaissance man of the American Enlightenment, architect, violinist, naturalist, political scientist, educator, and politician. He considered his three greatest achievements to be his authorship of the Virginia Statute of Religious Freedom and the Declaration of Independence, and his founding of the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Today, however, many see Jefferson as a detestable figure, unworthy of memorialization. He had hundreds of slaves, freed very few of them on his death, and had several children with one of his slaves, Sally Hemings. How can we reconcile Jefferson's belief in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and his professed belief in human equality, one of the prerequisites of the Enlightenment, as well as his public criticism of slavery, with the fact that he held slaves until the day he died, the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, July 4, 1826. Most people today would say we can't reconcile the two, and therefore he was a total hypocrite. And in fact, many people today argue just that. The idea of the spotless marble man rested on the existence of racism towards African Americans which has been a presence in American life for most of American history. Since, for most of our history, black people didn't count, the people who disrespected them, in other words, most white people, didn't see Jefferson's treatment of African Americans as much of a problem. And that tendency to ignore that reality is one of the scandals of American history. But I do think that the removal of statues to Jefferson today is dangerous because it makes us forget those among his achievements for which he is rightly worthy of praise. We should not forget that the ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as a birthright of all men was radical for its time. He did not qualify the eligibility of these rights, and these ideals have stirred the struggle for racial equality and minority rights ever since they were written. Jefferson can be criticized and praised at the same time for different things that he did. 
What really frightens many historians is the tendency of many to ignore the historical context in which figures from history operated and lived. Jefferson, for example, inherited his slaves from his father-in-law. In those days, free blacks in Virginia faced the threat of re-enslavement or murder. A strong argument could be made that Jefferson should have ignored these possibilities and freed his slaves anyway. But what about the fact that Sally Hemings was Jefferson's late wife's half-sister, child of her father, John Wayless? There is no doubt that Jefferson should have freed Sally Hemings and her children. As a slave, she had no agency or autonomy. Therefore, it is undeniable that she could not have taken part in a consensual relationship since she was robbed of the power of consent. But what of the possibility that Jefferson loved her and that she may have loved him? Are human beings so free of complexity that this is impossible? Don't get me wrong. Jefferson should be condemned for keeping his inherited slaves as slaves and forcing a non-consensual relationship on Sally Hemings. Some historians have condemned American racism for these actions, as if racism entrapped Jefferson in its tangles. But all of these questions simply give us more reason to study the past and to see which Jefferson, the horrible hypocrite or the paragon of liberty, was more accurate. We ought to be intelligent enough to know that neither of those scenarios is likely to be true, but that the truth lay somewhere in between. And to properly evaluate somebody based on the times in which they lived, we need to see the parameters of his time, the options open to him by circumstance and predisposition. Then we can still expose him as evil should we find the evidence compelling, but at least we will have reached a judgment that is historically contextualized as all historical judgments need to be. Finally, it seems to me that there is a difference between a statue of Thomas Jefferson and one of Robert E. Lee. Both men held slaves at a time when that was not unusual. But what made Lee unusual was that he put section and state ahead of his country, while what made Jefferson unusual was that he both nurtured and symbolized the democratic principles of the fledgling United States to the rest of the world. And he always spoke against secession, and yes, even against slavery. And so when statues are pulled down of people like Robert E. Lee or Nathan Bedford Forrest, who killed black troops in the Civil War just because they were black, we do need to make a distinction between people who betrayed their country and people who made their country, as Jefferson did. We must criticize people like Jefferson because only then will we have accurately taken their measure as human beings? But it is very important to frame these people within the context of their time. That's not an excuse for their behavior. 
there is no question that people who are the subject of biographies are going to come out looking very, very bad, as we all do at different times in our lives. And we must be honest in our portrayal. And so by historically paying attention to the historical facts, all the historical facts, we are going to come up with a judgment that is neither a whitewash nor a hatchet job, but that really frames an individual in terms of what he accomplished or failed to accomplish in his life in living up to his ideals or letting them down. Only a nuanced interpretation is worthy of the paper it's printed on. And so we ought to also take this point of view and let it rule our decision on statues. There are differences between people in the past in terms of their constructiveness or destructiveness to the ideals we hold so dear. And I think we must constantly keep in mind not just the similarities between those who disappoint us, but also the differences. That's what it means to truly pay attention to history. Thanks for listening. That's it for today's episode of AudiblySpeaking.com. New podcast episodes appear on AudiblySpeaking.com approximately once every two weeks. Please subscribe to Audibly Speaking on iTunes or whatever podcast aggregator you enjoy. Until next time, this is Rick Ryman. Happy listening.